This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to it. RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Yankees win! All right. What's happening? Welcome to the show. I am your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to or maybe watching episode 355 of BD4. Where there is no better way to get your Yankees index analysis. We also do MMA now too. Yanks every series. Knicks every game. And MMA on the weekends. In fact, we're doing some MMA in this episode. Going to recap UFC 273 from this past weekend. And uh, it it was an excellent, excellent card. In my opinion. So we're going to go over it. But first guys be sure. If you have not yet subscribed to the show. To subscribe to the podcast. Download these episodes. Wherever you download your podcast. Maybe you like listening to your, to the shows on. You know Apple Podcasts. And if you do that. Be sure to also. Give us a 5 star rating and review. Because we are currently. A five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. You can also listen to us as well as Apple Podcasts on Spotify, um, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and many other listening platforms. And the podcast is also available in video format. So if you want to watch the podcast, you can find it on YouTube and Spotify. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Share this with your friends if you'd like. <laughs> it's funny because, listen, I am, um, you know, you guys, you know, for those of you who do tune in, always know, I, I say all the time, I do these episodes, I do these podcasts for my own enjoyment. This is a hobby. I really love talking about sports, talking about my favorite teams and sports and stuff like that. It's a hobby. Um, you know, getting paid what I do is secondary. And I would say tertiary, not even. It's just a bonus is, you know, having a large following. It's funny because I was, uh, I got myself into one of those uh, comment section kerfluffles earlier today. Not really from my side, but like, it was, it was like something about the UFC. And, you know, it was about the Cain Velasquez thing. And, you know, everybody apparently in the comment section was, you know, Doing the hashtag free cane. And this one kid, you know, goes, you're all insane or whatever. He said something, you know, about the other people, you know, being, you know, he was against what what the, the mainstream narrative seemed to be in that comment section. And I was like, you know, so he said like these comment, these commenters are all, um, I don't know what he said, but it was, and he used like the face plum emoji and I was like nope and then he goes your podcast sucks 
And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything, man? He goes on my page, looks at my podcast, and he looks at every single one of my stories. And I'm like, dude, I was just, I was just saying that, you know, I don't think these commenters are dumb for, for siding with Cain Velasquez here. And I just thought it was funny because like the very first thing everybody, it seems like everybody, when you talk about podcasts and stuff, everybody's always about, like they want everything to be about validation. But I want you guys to know that's not what this show is. I don't do this for a large following. I don't care. I'm not like my the rest of my age group and the generation beneath me where I seek personal validation. I do things like this for my enjoyment. But I just thought, I'm going way off track here. I just thought that was funny. But if you want to follow me on the internet and on social media, be sure to do that. You can find me on Facebook at rjcarbone, r.j.carbone. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. All right. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to go over UFC 273. This will probably be a, a two-part thing. Um, because I still plan on having a, a guest on the show this upcoming weekend to talk about the uh, UFC 273 event. I'm probably going to have Anthony join us. Anthony has been on the show a few times before. So he'll join us again. And um, that'll most likely happen this weekend. Talking about UFC 273. But I'm going to do a little solo cast for this one. Talk about 273 and recap everything. Give my opinion. So let's get to it. Let's not waste any further of your time. Head to our first break. Get back. We'll start things up with the NYY NYK MMA question of the day. And then from there, we will get to it. Stay with us. show you are listening to episode 355 of the podcast welcome to bd4 where there is no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis we also do mma now too yanks every series knicks every game and mma on the weekends i am your host rj so welcome to the show if you are new here be sure to subscribe to the podcast and listen to it download it watch it on the many platforms it's on sub Follow me on social media. You know where to go. And um, also, before we get going, I do write a blog. I write a blog for UltimateSportsNetworks.com called The Bomber Bocker Blog. And if you go there, UltimateSportsNetworks.com and subscribe to The Bomber Bocker Blog using code 6A28418. 
ERJC, you get 10% off everything. You get a discount per month. You get a, dis- a discount to every single article, which you get full access to. And you get a discount to uh, any merch that you purchase. So, with that out of the way, let's get to our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day to start this episode off. It's time! Alright, so for this episode, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, it's going to be a true or false question, true or false, in Max Holloway's UFC debut, he defeated Dustin Poirier. True or false, in Max Holloway's UFC debut, he defeated Dustin Poirier. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. You know where to go. If you attempt to guess the answer but do not get it correct, I will at least let you know what the answer is in the next episode. If you do get it correct, I will give you a shout out in the next episode in front of all two of my listeners. Actually, you know, the dude I was uh, talking to gave me a lot more credit than uh, than I actually need, deserve. He said, enjoy all 15 of your listeners. And I'm like, dude, I don't even get 15. I get about two. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about it because it was a good event. Um, UFC 273 went down this weekend. Um I, I missed I missed the undercard. Not gonna lie, uh, there are a couple of fights I did want to see too on the undercard. I, I missed the Aspen Lad fight; she lost. I missed a couple of other fights too. Um, but you know, I had a family event going on. But the thing about that is, is after I came home, we had some relatives come by with us, and a bunch of us were watching the UFC main card. Usually, it's just me, and I'll invite you know my friend, or I'll go down to my friends down the street. My whole family was into it. My dad actually watched. He he watched the Kobe Masvidal pay per view event, and um, he he my father wanted to watch this one too. So everybody was around watching this. I invited my best friend over. My cousin came by. Actually, Anthony, who's going to join us this weekend. Um, I don't see him often, so he was up for the event, and then he came by to watch the sh- to uh, watch the pay per view, and it was. <clears throat> it was tremendous, man. I really enjoyed this show. Um, you know, the first... I don't remember much about the Marco Madsen fight, but he did win. And I remember it being a fun fun fight to watch. But um, it really started getting fun in the final four fights of the main card. Mackenzie Dern with the victory over Tisha Torres via split decision. Of course, that was a great one to watch. Uh, Mackenzie's a beast. She is, um, but this was a very entertaining fight, very close. You know, I was excited for this one because, first of all, I'm a huge fan of Mackenzie. Um, I follow her on Instagram. She's a great fighter. I've seen her last, I want to say, two or three fights now. Um, Three fights, at least. But, you know, you get to the press conference on Thursday, and that was hilarious because it was just, like, it's good in comparison because you got the men trash talking who are very aggressive, 
very harsh and will go to any lengths, say whatever. And they're mean about it. You know, they're going to be assholes, which you love. And then you get to the, you had Mackenzie and Tisha with like very soft, subtle, very respectful trash talk. It was, it was almost adorable (laughs) because they were like smiling at each other as they were doing it. And, um, but it was, it was, you know, it was a good press conference. Um, and then it led up to a great fight. I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful fight. I really did. Now, I um, I I like both fighters, but I was rooting for McKenzie. It sucked because I put, I didn't bet. This was a rare pay per view event that I did not bet on. In like the in the first four fights, um, that I that I saw, McKenzie, um. Jemayev and the two main events, Aljo and then the um, Volkov, Volkanovsky fight. I was three in a row up up until I had, um, actually no, the Madsen fight. I called that one before it happened. Then I called McKenzie winning. That happened. Then I called um, Hamzat winning. That happened. So I was three for three and I'm like, damn it. I would have made some buck on this parlay. Um, and then, you know, the upset with Aljo happened. But we'll get to that later. Anyways, Dern's uh, a legit beast. Her jiu-jitsu is so sharp. It's, you know, I think we saw the Kimura attempt in there. She is a monster. I know Torres is good, too. She's She had her moments in this fight. She had her moments on her feet. I think that's where she's best. Her stand-up game, she looked great. Um... And she's jacked, by the way. I mean, she is jacked. Her upper body is huge. Um, some even thought she took it. I know Barry Luxenberg had her taken it, which is very understandable. But to me, I think it was a pretty fair call by the other two judges to give it to, to Dern. I mean, Dern is also in excellent shape. She has amazing cardio. Uh, she's in great shape. She put on 15 pounds of muscle, or 11 pounds of muscle, I read somewhere. Or I think I heard somewhere on a podcast, in her last three camps, she she is putting on she's put on eleven pounds of muscle. So you know, obviously her ground game is very impressive, especially because of that. Um, but you know, the Brazilians they can fuck you up in jujitsu, and that's where she got the points. You know, I like Torres. It would have been cool to see her get her fourth consecutive win. She was riding high with a couple of decisions and a knockout entering this show, um, but Dern took it. And, again, I'm an even bigger fan of her. It was a good bounce back from that loss against Marina Rodriguez. But, uh, yeah, she gets the win. She's now 12-2 and in MMA, 7-2 and in the UFC, and has won five of her last six UFC fights. She's awesome. It's going to be interesting to see where she goes next. I really think that if she can start dominating the ground game, and I mean dominating the ground game, she has a shot. At fighting for a title pretty soon. I have to look at the rankings. I don't know where each of these fighters are now. But I can imagine she's getting close. Um, so that was the Mackenzie Dern fight. The Hamza Shemaya fight was right after that. Right? Yeah. And um, yeah he got the win. As expected. Okay. Over um over Gilbert Burns. 
and uh, it was via unanimous decision. It won the fight of the night as expected. I mean, wow. Actually, it wasn't expected. This, let's be honest. This was not expected. I mean, it was a hyped up fight. But I feel like many people, if, if it won an award, many people were expecting you know, Hamza to win performance of the night or something. But I mean, credit to Gilbert Burns, man. The toughness, the resilience. Jesus Christ, this dude is a true warrior. Listen, I always liked Gilbert Burns, but I didn't know he was this this tough. I mean, to go in there and do and sustain what he sustained, coming in as a heavy, and I mean a heavy, underdog in this fight, everybody thought Hamzat Shemaev was going to run through him, run him over. Burns kind of even looked scared. If you watch, he looked a little concerned in his walkout. It seemed. But he went in there and he gave Hamza Chemaev an absolute war, a bang for his buck. Round one, Burns was kind of getting touched up a bit early, but it ends up being a 10 9 to Hamzad. Round two is where you really, really started to. It really started to draw your interest because Burns comes back and takes it in a very competitive round. And goes 10-9. He threw that ridiculous right hand. And landed it on Hamza. And honestly if Hamza didn't have a brick chin. Gilbert wins right there via KO. Right there. Round 3 comes. And it's you know the final round. Another very very close round. Both of them trading shots. Um, and then the judges had it 10-9. In Hamza's favor. But, yeah, I mean, Burns, with one of those, he had one of those performances where, you know, it was, you lose, but you really win type of performance, right? The crowd was going crazy for him in his Octagon interview with Rogan. I was going crazy for him. A lot of people thought he could have won that fight. Maybe he did, some people are saying. Whatever. And what does this mean for Hamzat? You know, does it change the way that Hamza Chemaev is perceived now? Because before the fight, all you heard was Hamzat Uzman, Hamzat Uzman, Hamzat Uzman, nonstop. And, you know, you even heard a lot about Hamzat Kobe Covington, too. Right? Hearing that a lot. You're still hearing it. That could be his next fight. Two cardio machines. Um, so maybe it changes a little bit in that aspect where, you know, I think that fight just shows how great Usman really is, but I don't really think it kills any kind of Shemaev's hype. I don't think it should either. Just because he, he won, like, like, just because he didn't breeze through him. I mean, the guy had never lost a round heading into this fight. He was 10 and 0 with 10 finishes. He had never really been hit before. So, yeah, he showed some vulnerability here. Big deal. He's human. You know, it's completely crazy to me that, you know, how that perception can suddenly shift 180 degrees with some MMA fans. The man did all of that. 10 straight finishes. But the very moment 
excuse me, the very moment he wins a fight that goes to a decision instead of a KO, TKO, submission, he's now middle of the pack? Like, why do we always do this? We focus on the one moment of vulnerability whenever that happens. And then all of a sudden we just forget about the other multiple moments of glory. It's like what my grandmother used to say all the time. I I don't know how, I forget the uh, exact quoting, but like they never forget when I do right all the time. Or no, they never forget when I do wrong all the time. What was it? No, see, I'm screwing it up. It's like, they, they always remember the one time I do wrong, but never the multiple times I do right. You know, something like that. As my grandmother was famous for saying something along those lines um, in the family. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm talking to, like, I'm talking as if the guy lost. You know, the man won. He defeated the number two welterweight contender, man. But we want to nitpick instead of a, being happy for him that he moved on to 11 and 0. You know, just because he's not 11 and 0 with 11 finishes and he's only you know, 11 and 0 with 10 finishes, he's he's now middle of the back. Jesus Christ, people. Lower the standards. It's like we all need a reminder of where we are versus where these guys are. It's crazy. So congrats to him. Hamza definitely deserves, I think, a shot at Kobe Covington. I think you got to give Leon um Kamaru Usman, but right now I think that's a great shot for both of them. I think that'd be an excellent fight. Um, so maybe we say see that maybe towards the end of the summer or, or in the fall. Um, so that was a great fight, and then we got to the two main events. The co-main event was excellent. I liked that fight. Um, this was this was interesting because I know a lot of us thought uh, Piotr Jan was going to take it right last time out. Obviously, we had the illegal knee. It seemed like Piotr Jan was on his way to a victory. And then he threw the knee. I predicted Piotr to win this fight. 95%, if not more, of MMA fans predicted Piotr Jan to win this fight. He was a heavy favorite on the uh, betting odds. I didn't think it would be close either. I gotta stop doing this. I gotta stop expecting the favorite to just be the favorite every time and win. Because this is MMA and anything can happen as we can see. Juliana Pena. Um, but it was not only close, but very entertaining as hell. I, you know, I, and I hate, I hate that this happens all the time. I hate that every time you get a close fight, people think of it as a robbery. I could not care less about the robbery thing. To me, it's like quit the bitching. Because you're never going to hear me bitch immediately after a great close fight. Like we were gifted an excellent dog fight. Because I don't I, like I don't watch MMA as a fanboy of one or the other individual. I don't watch from a biased perspective like I do baseball with the Yankees as my team I want to win or basketball with the Knicks. I watch MMA as a fan of the fight itself. I don't pick a fighter and root for them 99% of the time. So I Whatever. I, I watched this fight just watching greatness in front of me. Watching great fighters fight. I didn't watch it from with with emotion towards one fighter. Um, I'm not saying, you know, that Jan 
I'm not saying you're crazy if you think Jan should have won, but I'm saying we need to cut it out with the the word robbery and stop using that term so loosely. But I believe this, you know, was scored, I think it was rounds one to three going to Aljo and then four to five went to Jan. Round one it was super close. I think that was like this that was the swing round of this fight. It was round one. That was really what decided who won this fight. The judges went ten nine in um in, in Aljo's favor. I was listening to uh the Anik and Florian podcast earlier today. Um and today I mean Tuesday the jeez. Tuesday, April thirteenth. As you're listening to the show, it's the fourteenth on a Wednesday. Um I was listening to Anik and Florian and you know they usually have Ray Longo on and he was on he was saying he thought the first round was a 10-8 in Aljo's favor. Now, I think you got to keep in mind he's also Aljo's coach. Okay. But I thought I might have to watch it again. Maybe I should. I thought round 1 was very close. I thought that Jan threw some big shots, but he either didn't land many of them or when he did it wasn't very effective. And Aljo, if you watched him in round one, he outlanded Jan in the first round. Uh, round two came, and I think all judges had this one 10-9 in uh, Aljo's favor. Some actually thought this was a 10-8, uh, some fans, in favor of Aljo. Uh, he had at least three minutes of ground control. Uh, just an excellent job. Now, Jan did a nice job. Piotr Jan did a nice job preventing the submission on the ground, but he really couldn't do anything else. He couldn't escape those body triangles that Aljo was throwing on him. He couldn't really get Aljo off him. He was just flattening him, smothering him on the ground, and he took his back, and from there it was pretty much dominant the final three minutes or so in the round. Um, And dominance is usually the adjective that we do use for those 10-8 rounds, right? But at the same time, if you have a problem debating whether or not a 10-8 a round is a 10-8 or not, it might not be a 10-8. But that was also a great point they brought up on the Anik and Florian pod. Um, so that one went to Aljo. Round 3 went to Aljo. And then round 4, again, in 5, went to Piotr Jan. But yeah, regardless, I'm not going to abuse the word robbery. Please. As if this fight wasn't extremely close. You know, even if you're on the side of Jan and you thought he grabbed one five and 4, one, four and 5, you still should be able to admit, to admit as an MMA fan, as a fanatic of this beautiful sport, that one, it was a close-ass fight, and two, at the end of the day, you saw a very sharp Aljamain Sterling and a not-so-sharp, way-less-dominant Piotr Jan. Alright? And yeah, I'm going to give credit, Okay. Because it's not like he won to another illegal knee. <laughs> Aljo deserved this. He deserved it. And he got it. Uh, he's a good dude. Props to him. And um, no, I'm not some fanboy. Because in fact, I am currently working on finishing my uh, apology form and submitting it to Aljo. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but yeah, you all heard me. I was saying plenty of times that I, I thought Yam was going to win this. Um but yeah, he unfortunately loses because I'm a fan of him. And uh, what's next for Aljo? I think he called out T.J. Dillashaw in the uh, in the interview in the Octagon afterwards, who was in attendance. Um, 
So there's a very strong chance that happens. There's also a decent chance that we, down the line maybe, um, get a trilogy between these two fighters, between Jan and Aljo. So I loved it. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was great. We're going to head to break. When we get back, we'll touch on the main event, which wasn't as exciting as these um, fights leading up to it, but it was a good event nonetheless. Be right back. Stay with us. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 355 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yankees every series, Knicks every game, and MMA on the weekends. MMA Saturday, UFC 273 recap. That is the name of this episode. Hope you guys are enjoying it. And um, let's talk about this Volkanovski fight, because he won. As expected, he defeated the Korean Zombie uh, via TKO, and I know a lot of people probably had him getting the knockout victory, so congrats to those who did win money on that. Um, but yeah, Volk was coming off a remarkable victory versus Brian Ortega last year. Probably my favorite fight ever to witness as an MMA fan. It was stupid good, that Ortega-Volkanovski fight. Close to the Justin Chandler fight. But I missed some of that fight, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Volk, right away, kind of just make an impact. He comes out firing away right out the gate, landing everything. Um, excuse me. 
<clears throat> um, yeah, a high volume of punches. Just really mixing up his attack. And his footwork was fantastic. Korean Zombie wasn't really landing anything. And so eventually he just gets... You know, he, he gets knocked out. And Volk wins in the fourth round. Zombie's corner was actually debating... And they were debating on the telecast too if he should have even came back out for the fourth round. And nonetheless, not too long into the round, Herb Dean sees that he had nothing left, sees that he was beat to a pulp, and he stops the fight. So props to Herb to Herb Dean. And um, you know, Volk is a freak. I, I think everybody expected this. I feel like he is still very underrated among the pound for pound best fighters in the sport. In the promotion. You, know, you hear about Usman. Rightly so. You hear about Izzy Adesanya. Rightly so. But even guys ranked. You know. Underneath Francis. Oliveira. Holloway. I feel like get way more attention. Than Volkanovski for some reason. The guy's a beast. And he deserves to get his credit. He is a pound for pound. One of the pound for pound. Best fighters in this promotion. I don't understand it. Uh, but speaking of Max Holloway, I think that's going to be next, right? That has to be. Definitely have to set that up if you're Dana White. Uh, I mean, Dana Dana said he didn't know when he was asked about it in the presser, but I think he, I think we're going to see it. You know, it's a shame that it wasn't this card that we got it because of the injury. It was supposed to be Holloway Volkanovski, but Max got hurt and he didn't recover in time to even be named as a backup fighter for the fight. Um, but it would have made it much more electric. Could you imagine that on top of everything else? But yeah, it would have been cool. We can all agree Zombie probably didn't belong. Probably had no business being in the octagon with Volk there. As much as I respect Korean Zombie, he is older and he's not he's not Volkanovski level. But hey, it, it makes for more excitement going forward, right? It makes for a lot more excitement going forward to know that we have that probably sometime in the near future. Um but we also have some good-ass pay-per-views coming up too, man. I'm talking like really good ones. We've got UFC 274 next month, which is obviously headlined by Oliveira, Justin Gaethje. That's going to be a war. The co-main to that uh, to that event is Rose Namajunas and uh, Esperanza. That's going to be awesome. I'm a big Rose Namajunas fan. Thug Rose is awesome. Then you got Chandler Ferguson, which is also going to be a dogfight. I can already see how that's probably going to decision because none of these guys want to get knocked out. Um, Cowboy Cerrone's on that card. I think he's on the main event, the first fight on the main event, main card. Sorry. Uh, Brandon Royal is on that card. He's in a prelim fight. UFC 275 is also a pretty damn good card. You've got Teixeira and Jiri. Headlining that in the main event. You've got Valentina coming back to defend her title again uh, against Santos. You know, everybody was uh, all jumping on uh, Amanda Nunes when she got Pena matched up. You never know. But I, I think Valentina, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time in women's MMA. Um, if not right there underneath Amanda. Uh, but she's definitely the greatest right now in, in current MMA. Um, then you have Whitaker and Vittori on that same card. That's a hell of a fight. Um, I'm a big Vittori fan. 
Whitaker's obviously Bobby Knuckles is the man. Everybody likes him. And uh, the fight night this weekend is going to be pretty entertaining. I'm definitely tuning into that. Balil, remember the name. <laughs> Muhammad is, uh, will be fighting Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque in the main event. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. I think there are some good ones coming up. So, um, good weekend. Very strong card. I expect it to only get better this year. The UFC is on top of the game right now. So, that's it. Let's head to our final break. And then we'll wrap this thing up with our NYY. Or, I'm sorry. We'll wrap this thing up with uh, with RJ's parlay. Good talk about tonight's parlay. <laughs> Be right back. Stay with us. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month, to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. Back to the show. You are listening to episode 355 of BD4. 
Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Tonight's big parlay. (laughs) Well, we had it on the San Diego Padres-San Francisco Giants game. And uh, it was like a there was a promo boost on uh, one of the betting platforms. I think it was DraftKings I did this one on. And I had I had three out of four hit. I cashed on three out of four. But three out of four is never good enough in a parlay. So it ended up being a bust. Um, we had San Diego Moneyline. We had the alternate over on 4.5 runs. We had Cobb over one and a half alternate strikeouts. And we had Brandon Belt over 0.5 hits. We had each of them except for obviously the San Diego money line. I think the Padres, they were down 10 to 1 or 10 to 2 after the first inning. And it ended up being the final score was 13 to 2. So they lost that game. Wasn't close there. Um, but yeah, that's it for tonight's parlay and that's it for tonight's episode. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you tuning in. I always do. Again, you're listening to episode 355 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Hope you enjoyed the show and, um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Again, as I am recording, it is Tuesday, April 12th. Sorry, I might have said the wrong date earlier. As I'm recording, it's Tuesday, April 12th. As you are listening, it is Wednesday, April 13th. That is correct. So, that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. Download this episode wherever you download your podcasts. Share it with your friends on social media. And also follow me on social media. And be sure to subscribe to my blog as well. You know where all that is. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you in the next one. All right, ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.